Welcome to New York's Finest, Retired and Unfiltered Podcast. The mission of this podcast is to explore the life and experiences of those who at one time held a front row ticket to the greatest show on earth, policing the streets of New York City. This show hosts a wide variety of guests from all walks of life and professions, but remains centered around introducing retired members of the NYPD to our audience while having real unfiltered discussions. Please tune in each week and like and subscribe to hear true crime stories and opinions on past and present events like you've never heard them before. from being your chief of police, I am a citizen of this community we share. I am a mother. I am a caring human being who wants the best for all of us. This is not just a professional failing. This is a failing of basic humanity toward another individual. This incident was heinous, reckless, and inhumane. And in the vein of transparency, when the video is released in the coming days, you will see this for yourselves. I expect you to feel what the Nichols family feels. I expect you to feel outrage in the disregard of basic human rights, as our police officers have taken an oath to do the opposite of what transpired on the video. I expect our citizens to exercise their First Amendment right to protest, to demand action and results. But we need to ensure our community is safe in this process. None of this is a calling card for inciting violence or destruction on our community or against our citizens. In our hurt, in our outrage and frustration, there's still work to be done to build each other up, to continue the momentum of improving our police and community relationships and partnerships, to show those who watch us now that this behavior is not what will define our community and our great city. This is not a reflection of the good work that many Memphis police officers do every day. What comes next? As you wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching 265 Police Live, New York's finest retired unfiltered podcast. Well, we're here today. We're going to talk about Sergeant Danielle Matillo of the NYPD who's been outcasted, she's been ridiculed, penalized, and ultimately punished for wearing wearing a patch that signifies Trump. It's um, It has some identity politics to it, but I think it was more of just uh, pride and also just more of a jokey matter. And I even heard the way she explained it. But before we go into that, let's talk about what's going on right now that has went viral throughout the country. And um, really, it's... Uh, building up to the point that this could be what I say, George Floyd post or George Floyd part two. Um, so here, John and I gave you the opportunity to watch the, the uh, statement and uh, by the chief uh, of Memphis. And uh, so we want to give you our perspective. So let's start, John, why don't you start out by saying what you saw, what you heard from her and what is your take on her statement? It's I, I you said it offline. You said it's subliminal. Absolutely. And it's subliminal, you know, and it, it really sticks out to me. And the fact that she had to preface her statement with this is not a calling card for violence, but calling for outrage, calling for protests. It's what we see. And again, this was two days ago, that video. This was two days ago. What we seen, uh, I, I, Eric shared that article with me about a week ago when it first happened. I shared the article and I said, wow, interesting that it's no, there was no media coverage about it because I was like, wow, it's five black cops on one black guy. I heard the incident was pretty egregious. I hear the body cameras pretty egregious, but we don't know. So again, we're getting all this. And at first we had no coverage. And now all of a sudden, Cops were, were suspended. Cops were terminated. Now they're being charged with murder, too. And now all of a sudden, build up for five days to release this body camera. And the build up on the part of our elected officials 
And again, these police managers, because they're not leaders, this is not leadership. <laughs> this is not someone in the community who cares for community members. This is a call to violence. That's what I heard. I can't agree with you more. I, we spoke about this offline, and, and I, I, I really do. I feel that this is a subliminal message. It's almost like, remember years ago, especially in the late 90s and early 2000s, when you'd go to a movie theater and you'd sit down, and before the movie starts, even before the coming attractions, there would be there would be messages to, and it was a subliminal message. It would get you to buy Coke. You would buy popcorn because you would see Coca-Cola, and you would see the, the pouring of the Coke come out. No one ever said, go buy a Coke and go buy popcorn. But after watching that video, I know I did. I was on my way to go buy Coke. And they made it look so good. And the Coke was pouring out of a bottle. It's exactly what's going on right now. They're not telling you, hey, to go out and protest and, and, and commit violence. But they all give you a subliminal message. It's almost, it, it, it's almost like sarcasm. Hey, don't go out there and commit violence. Make sure you do it safe. You know, when you tell people, don't do something. What are they going to do? The complete opposite. So, and it's almost like this is like one big giant seltzer bottle. And the bubbles just keep fizzling, fizzling, fizzling. And then this thing is going to pop. And it's just going to burst. Why? Because they're building us up to it. Here we are. They're going to release the video on a Friday night. Right before the weekend. When everyone's off from work. When in cities in particular. Particular like New York City. In downtown Manhattan, in a corporate area where it's going to be less occupied than it normally is. With just regular residents. I'm not even talking about police. With our actual residents and pedestrians, we're going to see that it's less occupied because it's the weekend. People aren't going to be at work. So what does that do? It alleviates the obstacle from protesters having a pathway to start their movement. It also, it also gives the opportunity for those that want to protest that maybe actually are working, right? Because we know that Antifa and BLM that's going to be part of this protest are orchestrated, they're funded, and they're in preparement. And they're coming from other cities. They're not residents of New York City. And it went, those that are going to potentially riot and protest in Memphis, they're going to be outside residents as well. We're getting these organized movements, and they're being prepared right now. And they're calling them. They're enabling them. It, uh, that's what I got in the chief statement. She's enabling them. Hey, don't don't uh, go out there and commit violence. Why are we even saying that at all? Why, if, if that's the case, why are you even bringing up the idea? What? And, and again, I, I haven't seen the video yet. If it is egregious, let's put out the statement after the video. Police perspectives, police expert witnesses. Police observation skills, trained eyes like us, we have not had an opportunity to view this video yet. So you're leading us up to, it's almost like, this is like the hype man. They're hyping us up to, to uh, right now we have the illusion, right, that this is going to be an egregious incident. And from, from all the actions that have taken place, that's what we should expect. But at the same time, from what's happened in the past, I'm not so sure. So... There's a lot of knee-jerk reaction to this, but yet we haven't seen the video yet. I'm not saying it's not egregious, and I'm not saying it's not, but that's not what's important right now. What's important is how we're going to protect these cities, and the police departments in these democratic cities are getting eaten within. The politicians, the media, and the chief, the chief of this police department has eaten her own department, her own organization within. She should say this is an isolated incident. It's been handled and taken care of. And the rest of our department is going to act properly. Leave the statement short. But why mention about protest and mention about violence? You are enabling them. It's almost like it was the calling card. Exactly what you said. Hey, listen, Antifa, BLM, uh, we'll let you know. Uh, yeah, you can be ready. Friday night, uh, we'll be, I know everybody's off on the weekend, so uh, we set the pathway for you. All right? One, two, three, go. That's what I think. I mean, it's it. If you're if you have public safety in mind, if you have the safety of residents, businesses, tourists, children, uh, protesters, law enforcement, if you have everyone's safety in mind and you care about the safety of all people, this is the exact wrong time to drop this video. It's the exact wrong fashion in the manner 
to drop this video because what should have been done is that video should have been released on a Monday morning when it was raining and it should have been released right away without anxiety, without, without calls for protests, without calls for outrage, without any of these calls, this video should have been released and it should have been stated. These officers were terminated and arrested and we will seek justice, you know, and that's what we're hearing already without seeing the video. So I'm going to, I'm going to make the assumption the video is going to be bad. But why would so why would we build up in a day of transparency? Why would we build up in New York City, leave the city wide open on a Friday night? Hey, it's great time for protesting and leave what we've seen from BLM and Antifa. And in past protests, we've seen people come from out of state. So would they give five days for people to do travel to the places they need to travel and what they do in these planned and coordinated acts of outrage, because I do believe there will be protesters, you know, uh, whether they're anti-police or they're anti-police brutality. I do believe there will be American protesters that are there in support of the young man that lost his life. There will be protesters there in support of the police. There are people that are actually there protesting, but there are planned and coordinated acts of outrage, violence, and destruction by BLM and Antifa. And what we see is they'll leave their city and they go to a different city and then they come into our city. And now they've had five days to do it, five days to travel. And, and I could just go on history. I don't, have a, I don't have a crystal ball, but I'll tell you right now what's going to happen. You're going to see all these politicians, all these mayors, everybody, Mayor Adams, who you were shaking hands with, and he loved you on, on, on in, in the, your Christmas party. And he was a great guy because he had a nice suit jacket on. He shook your hand. He smiled. And he took a nice photo with him. You know, that guy, the guy that has your back, he's going to be out there protesting, talking about how systemically racist our police departments are. They're going to they're going to disregard over the fact that it was five black cops and one black youth. They're going to still continue to use race. They're going to say those five black cops were were systemically racist because policing is systemically racist without being able to point to one fact of how those how those members represent the police. How does an individual represent law enforcement across this country? How do what, what five officers did in Memphis, Tennessee, reflect law enforcement across this country? You know, I mean, it's it's I, I can't say enough that they are what they in, in my head as I'm seeing this. What I see is a powder keg and I see them throwing gunpowder in it and gunpowder in it and gunpowder in it and gunpowder in it. And tonight, six o'clock, seven o'clock, they're going to light the fucking fuse. All these politicians are going to go out. You're going to see large mass protests across the country. And then from there, you will see acts of violence and destruction broken off by these groups, by Antifa and BLM, and these planned and coordinated acts of outrage. They're not protesters. These people are not <clears throat> protesters. There will be protesters out there with them. But, you know, we're, we're, th these acts of outrage aren't really aren't outraged from the public. They're planned and coordinated. We're seeing what the hell's going on. This is exactly what's happening. Uh, absolutely. That's exactly what's going on here. This is completely orchestrated. You and I saw during the George Floyd riots, there were pallets of bricks and things of that nature that were sh that showed up that, at these scenes of these protests prior to the, prior to the actual pro uh, protest taking place, which actually ultimately became riots. And I remember seeing the, watching the organization, how they had a small unit leadership breakdown. It was almost like I, I would see in the military and even in the police department, like a paramilitary organization. I remember on 149th Street, 3rd Avenue on June 4th of 2020, which was one of the pivotal riots that we had, where I sustained some substantial uh, civilian complaints. And those that are fighting it right now, when Chief Monaghan took a knee. But what we did see was there was groups and they were broken down. It was, it was one one legal aid or one legal defense person for their team. And they would have about five or six people in small groups. And these small groups uh, approached their assembly point, And then they became larger groups together. And, and they worked in teams. This was completely orchestrated. They knew the exact location that they were going to assemble. They had a team of who was working with them. They all had assignments of what their role was, where to go. And also, it was in preparation. How? How do we know this? Because... A majority of them were wearing goggles. Why? One, to protect themselves in case the police department has to deploy pepper spray. The other thing was because the protesters 
which I call rioters, were throwing bricks, urine, and all different kinds of items to hurt the police and also just create obstacles from the police removing the rioters from, from the scene. So complete preparedness. There's prior planning involved. And what we learn from this, and we can see the pattern. So I, I've been in contact. I know you are, John. I've been in contact with many of the cops that used to work for me, just cops I speak to here and there, some some associates. And I, I said, you need to be you need to ask yourself some questions. You need to be prepared. I've been pretty vocal about it on Twitter and on Facebook that listen, I put my picture out there. And the picture that they caught of me creates the illusion that we were brutalizers. And that's not the case. Of course, it's, it, you know, these are illusions. They snap it at a particular moment. But we were combating riders at the scene. And the cops I've been in contact with said, I said, be prepared. They said, ah. I said, something's going to happen. It potentially could be worse than George Floyd. And I heard, doubt it. I don't think it's going to happen because it's five black cops. And, and it's exactly what, 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 I, what I agree with you. It's not about the color of the cops. The color now is blue. Whether they're black, they're Asian, or white, they're in a blue uniform. The color is blue. And that's where they're creating the narrative of racism. That blue is racist towards minorities, which are black and brown. So even though they're black, they're still, their color, when they're working in uniform, is blue. So that's the narrative that's being painted here. And what we learned also, and, and anyone can read this, and you and I talk about it, is in the book, The Art of War, is learning from your past experiences, calculating them to make yourself better. We had Eric Garner. We had riots and protests that emanated from that. And after that, shortly after, was Michael Brown. And we saw the fire erupted more. And after Michael Brown, we had some other incidents. But the most pivotal point was George Floyd after that. So they've learned calculated movements. They learned how the police respond to these protests and the riots. They learned how the chiefs respond to the police officers when they take action, which included force that didn't look good, right, Mayor Adams, on camera. And they saw that the police officers sustained civilian complaints. Some were suspended. Modifications. And some police officers were even arrested. So now they know they're dealing with police departments throughout the country, particularly in democratic cities, where the police departments are now weakened. They're softened. Because the police department, police departments throughout the country, when this happens, and I say when, because it's not a matter of if, it's when, this coming weekend, the police officers will not be prepared in the same mindset as the first one, because now they know they have to prepare and analyze their own actions and not meet violence with violence because they're worried about civilian complaints and their future of their career, which puts them at a very vulnerable position to get injured and hurt physically, financially, and emotionally. This is a major problem, and this is part of their calculations, and they understand that. They're also targeting democratic cities where police departments have been diminished in their manpower. Now, particularly when we talk about New York City, our police department is facing a mass exodus. Most of the uniform presence is now in transit, so they're not even above ground. They're below ground. So we are missing a, a, a major part of our presence, we're missing the intrusive police work. We're missing, we have, in many cases, the police officers are working as potted plants because they're afraid of civilian complaint review board and other things. Yes, there are neighborhood safety teams and uh, public safety teams that are out there doing intrusive police work, but we always had that. But majority of the job is not conducting that right now. And also, SRG is not going to operate in the same manner, right? Because they got abused from the Civilian Complaint Review Board for working in the style that they call kettling, which is to to surround these rioters and to make arrests. I mean, that's that is good police work and good military style is to flank your adversary, and that's what they were. They're rioters. I went to Civilian Complaint Review Board numerous times, and other police officers I spoke to, and no matter how many times I refer to them as rioters, they refer to them as protesters. So now Antifa and BLM is, has all this information. They've documented it. They've done their homework. And they know right now they are facing with a weaker police department in New York City and throughout the country. And they are going to meet this with extreme violence. And the chiefs, 
the politicians, the media are eating the police departments within and they're enabling them. And it's disgusting and we're watching it unfold and it's coming. So I tell my cops out, cops out there right now, be prepared. Ask yourself how you're going to respond. Are you going to look good? Mayor Adams is going to send you out there into, into the lion's den. But he doesn't want you going out there as a lion. He wants you coming out there as a lamb. Do you want to come out of that cage like a lamb? Because if you do, you're going to get hurt. And if you go out there like a lion, you will get substantiated for the Civilian Complaint Review Board. You will. You potentially could get arrested. You get modified suspended. I just paid $1,500 today. I wrote a check that I had to write for a subject that I stopped on the street that I suspected of having a firearm. For doing my job, I had to pay. It actually was $3,000. The union picked up half of it. But I had to pay out of my own pocket for doing police work that I was trained to do on behalf of the New York City Police Department. And that stop was in 2019, and I was judged in 2022 based off the disciplinary matrix. So ask yourself, my cops out there right now, how are you going to be judged? You are going to be judged and faced with the discipline matrix. And I heard an article there that the police commissioner Sewell is going to downgrade some of the stuff. Good luck. Let me see if that happens. No, yeah. I mean, for those of you that didn't that didn't just catch what Eric said, he responded to a similar incident, civil unrest, largely a protest that turned into a riot because now everyone on the street, while they're throwing piss and bricks and fighting the police, is now a rioter, whether you're doing it yourself or not. When you're being told to disperse and you're not, you are now involved in an act of riot. So what Eric's telling you is he was sent out there while Chief Monaghan went and took a knee and then got his car smashed up later, even though he took a knee like a coward. And the rest of those lieutenants and sergeants and all of you fucking guys that took a knee, the only one I have respect for is a lieutenant who took the knee. He took the knee and he wrote the article apologizing. He said, I made a fucking mistake. And I, and I have respect for him because he made a mistake, right? We, we, none of us are perfect. We all do, do, do some dumb things. It's we're only human, right? So I, I respect him. I have, no, I have no qualms for him taking a knee. He said it was the exact wrong thing, you know, political messaging. But Eric responds to that, that riot. He follows the orders of Chief Monaghan and our great unions. And let's call it out. The Lieutenant's Benevolent Association, Lou Turco. Lou Turco, he wasn't there for me with the vaccine mandate. He wasn't there for any lieutenants for the vaccine mandate. He didn't care about the masking and testing. He didn't care about the OEO policy. He had some fucking coward lawyers with him. No, that doesn't violate OEO. No, that doesn't do this. All bullshit because they were afraid to put their money where their mouth was. And they were afraid to step out of line with Eric Adams. And this was in the summer before Eric Adams even took office and before we even had a fucking mandate in effect. They already said they weren't going to fucking fight the mandate. So he does it then. He already decides before because I'm sure something happened in, in that back door. So now there Eric is. And this is already past what, what happened with Eric. This is almost a year past that incident. Right? Yeah. Almost a year past that incident where Eric's involved in. And here we are, three fucking years later, Eric still being held accountable in retirement for that incident where because the Civilian Complaint Review Board found Eric guilty, but the New York City Police Department didn't, the Civilian Complaint Review Board found Eric guilty of a CCRB, he's not being indemnified by the city. Because of anti-police activists in the CCRV who found Eric guilty, and now here it is. Eric has to shell out 1500 of his own dollars to pay half of it because the LBA was so nice and they paid half. Thanks, Lou. Thanks for all your help. Thanks for all your advice during the max vaccine mandate, too. We, are, we really appreciate all you guys. The woke SBA, who's completely silent about fucking Dana Martillo. Where are they? Why does she have a lawyer? Why aren't they fucking paying for it? Why aren't they paying for an egregious act on the part of, of this woman? Same thing with, with, with Lynch. And, and even all the, the, we have no backing. When you're out there, honestly, think before you use force. I would, I would resort to my OC spray first. I would use force only when I had to. You know? and, and honestly, fuck all, all the other people. Stay back, follow direct orders, but keep yourself safe. Keep yourself safe. Because no one's out here having your back. Nickus isn't having your back. Nobody's having your back out there. They will throw you under the fucking bus and walk away, and nobody's going to give a fuck. Same like they're doing with Inspector Palumbo, too. They're trying to fire him for the same incident from fucking three years ago where he's being actively attacked. And same thing what they did to Joel Wittrell. Oh, we think he stepped on his head because we heard her yell. 
uninjured, no injuries, fucking all circumstantial evidence. And do me a favor when you're out there tonight, if you see any fucking CCRB investigators, if you see anybody, you fucking take a video of them. You see anybody on the NYPD that's out approaching that, you take a video of them. You don't want to send it to IAB. You don't want to send it to DOI. Send it to fucking me. I'll send it. I'll put my name on it. Outstanding. That's that's another thing I want to highlight. But Sergeant Dana Matillo. I mean, here she is, right? Listen, we understand that sometimes on the job, there is a little rift between cops and supervisors. I get it. But it, this is a pitiful moment right now in history where we all need to come together. So here, Sergeant Dana Matillo was wearing a patch that, well, it was considered apolitical. And in the police department, for the public, you're not supposed to be political. Um, while you're in uniform and, and, and it makes sense when we're in uniform, it should be exactly that uniformity. But the problem lies, I don't agree. I don't think you should wear patches. I did it when I was in uniform. I also, I didn't expose my, my, my vest when I was in uniform, when I was in plain clothes, I did have my vest out. But when I was in uniform, I had my vest covered for safety purposes. We did learn that in many cases, but I also think it should be uniformity. But with that being said, some do have patches with rainbows for uh, supporting gay pride. Now, I'm all about supporting gay pride. I'm, I'm, I'm all about supporting uh, different political organizations, what you choose, because this is America. However, when you're working as a police officer in uniform, we are supposed to have uniformity and not show that we, that we have any identity politics because justice is supposed to be blind. And that's how we're supposed to execute justice blindly just do our job just as you said on prior po podcast john you did not agree with the with the forced mandate with the vaccine and you stood your ground for it however you've you've specifically stated on several podcasts so if anybody wants to challenge you on this 100 percent, i heard you say it, that if you were working in uniform and you had to remove someone for trespassing because they did not have that vaccine card. You would make that arrest even though you don't agree with it. And that's exactly where we need to be in the police department is not showing politics. However, we cannot cherry pick. It's completely unfair to the sergeant that some can wear patches with rainbows identifying gay pride. Or some can wear patches identifying the country they're from. Or some, some could write could wear patches with a punisher or different things that may be construed as political. But here she had a Trump patch. So why don't we stand together? From now on, every one of the cops should be wearing their vest on the outside, and every one of them should have a patch that identifies with something political. Stand together. Or we all remove them completely. If you want to punish her, that's fine. I do think she shouldn't wear it. But 40 days is completely, completely egregious. It's absolutely ridiculous. She could have just removed it. But if you're going to make her remove it, then everyone else that has a patch on should remove it as well. But we should not be cherry-picking politics because hers happens to say Trump. And you don't want to have police officers seen supporting Trump. Because now the police department has become, an, just as we said, the Antifa is an arm of the Democratic Party. Well, you know what? I think they're the left arm. And the police departments have become the right arm of the Democratic Party. And we're supposed to be completely apolitical in the police department. So, Sergeant Dana Matillo, we stand with you. You're going to win, and you're going to win big. So, cop watching all these organizations that want to talk and ridicule you and say they take credit for what happened to you, guess what? You, we're going to be laughing at them. They're cowards anyway. Bunch of losers. And, and this is just another incident how our policies and everything is being out there and being weaponized by our own department and given to public and anti-police. I don't even know what they are. Anti-police. I believe domestic terrorist organizations. That's exactly what they are to, to, Absolutely. to, to dismantle and deter the police. And that's what happened to Dana. Same thing. This here's my, uh, hold on. Here's the vest that I wore. 2020 summer of 2020 during the riots you know why i didn't get in trouble for this because my shirt was covering it like it should have been even when i was in plain clothes i covered my vest because i believe tactically it's awful i believe tactically if you see me wearing a vest and you're going to try to kill me you're going to now shoot for my head instead of shooting me in my chest 
when if I gave you the perception that th that I didn't have a vest and it was just my cert, you'll probably aim for center mass. So I think tactically it's horrible. I see all you I guys. Agree with you. I agree. I even hate those fucking new vest carriers. I don't care that they're comfortable. I don't care that they're easier. Doesn't matter to me. I think it's fucking stupid. Do I think it's dumb that she had her that vest and and the jacket unzipped? Absolutely, I do. Do I think anybody should wear a patch? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're in uniform. You're supposed to be apolitical. The only flag you should see on that on that fucking uniform is the American flag right on top. And that is it. Because we're in America and you're a citizen of the United States. I'm an Italian American. I don't need I don't need Italy. I don't need Italy's flag here. I'm an American first. And that is the only flag. That's the flag that should go on top with your medals. If you served like Eric did, you know, he had the, the Marine pin and red, you know, uh, gladly, you know, everything that's authorized, you should wear. In uniform, you should look sharp. You should look like you're supposed to look in that uniform. You should be clean. You should be clean shaven. If you're not clean shaven because you have a beard, it should be neat. Your hair should be neat. Your hat should look good. You should look good in uniform. But And, and if, if having a patch is a problem in the police department, it should be handled. We have how many supervisors in the police department? Thousand? Nine thousand? Why? Why? Why are these not being handled? But what's the punishment for when someone does step out and wear it's a patch that is political in nature or is just stupid? A teddy bear with a rocket launcher and a machine gun. What is the punishment <laughs> for that? A CD in an hour? I don't even think it's that. I think it's do me a favor, take the patch off. Thank you. Warn and admonish. But here you got Dana Martillo. She gets suspended for 10 days. She gets 30 vacation days taken from her. And she's transferred off a tour. I mean, it's it's not just this is a little harsh punishment. This is aggressive. It's egregious. It's politically motivated. It shows. And it shows a clear, clear message to the executives and to the rank and file and to the police department. It's perfectly fine to align with a leftist narrative. There was no problem at all, no problem at all with Lieutenant Edwin Raymond with his hand up in the air, taking a photo all over the news, wearing, wearing a different colored mask that had bright colors on it. Now, I didn't have any problems with that. He stood in solidarity. He didn't have any problems on his post. I have no problems with that. My problem is, is if Dana Martillo is getting 40 days for a patch, not even a gesture, because that is a political gesture the same way as kneeling, the same way as kneeling, that is a political gesture. Then 40 days, 40 days, 40 days. It should be egregious. And, and it should go across the board. If discipline is not equal, it is discriminatory. And that's the basis of the disciplinary matrix, which they weaponize to use politically and it's wrong it should it needs to stop right now and and dana should be reinstated all of those days and be compensated for her trouble and actually be given whatever tour and whatever assignment she would like going forward because this is absolutely ridiculous destroying this girl the same thing as if someone didn't like edwin raymond putting his fist in the hand put it down it's a political statement that's it that's a warning to monish that's his punishment that's it i agree with I agree. The punishment has to meet the crime. And that's not the case here. You know, I, honestly, I, I do have a problem with Edwin Raymond raising his hand up, showing any politics. There's no room for identity politics in the police department. I always say that when you're in uniform and you're out there conducting business, the crowd should not know if you side with the left or side with the right. It should be a mystery for them. All they should know is that you're there to keep them safe. And you know what? Sergeant Dana Mattel, unfortunately, I don't think you should wear, be wearing a patch, honestly. All right. I happen to like Trump. Right. There's not everything I like about him. There's some things I like about him. There's some things I don't. And you know what? I, I'm not. But, I, you know, I don't identify with a left party completely or right. I, I believe in somewhere in the middle. And I'm about America. And I'm about doing the right thing. And I think the right thing is uniformity. But we lost that on this job. We lost it. I mean, it started where you could have a, a beard one millimeter. Then it's you could have, you know, your hair could be long and and. Listen, rules are completely out the window when it comes to the uniform anymore. I myself, when I was in the police department, I, I, for most of my career, the latter part of my career, I was in plain clothes. So there were times where I had to go to ComSat, where I had to wear a uniform. And even if it was for one day, I shaved my entire face. 
and because of uniformity. But once once the rules went out the window, I said, you know what, fine. Well, if listen, if everybody can wear a beard, I'm going to go out and wear my beard too. Why am I going to inconvenience myself like I did before? But I do believe in uniformity. Now, when it comes to Sergeant Matillo wearing that patch, it, listen, it's either we all don't wear patches or, or that's it. Or, or we, we don't wear them or we do. There's no there's no room that some can have it and some can't. We have to stop with that when it comes to the police department. It has to be uniformity. Honestly. And we should not be wearing patches. The uniform should look, if we take a picture with 10 police officers, man or woman or race, or color, it doesn't matter. The uniform should be the same. I actually agree with you. I actually sometimes would catch myself because when I was in plain clothes, for, I sometimes would wear the best on on the outside. And I have to be so, uh, honest with you. Sometimes it was just pure laziness that day. Or maybe I got to work and I threw my vest over and I ran out. But I actually agree with you. Tactically, it was a better decision to wear it underneath. I have to agree with you. It was a smarter move. I would catch myself sometimes and fix it. But sometimes, I have to be honest with you, it was complacency. I found myself so comfortable doing my job that sometimes we got complacent. And I'm glad you said that. And that's a good – I know you're a good leader and you would have been – you were a good leader out there because it's good that you identify those things. So sometimes we have to analyze something. Wait a minute. You know what? I got – I get really comfortable, really confident in what I'm doing. I need to fix myself. So tactically, 100%, you're absolutely right. And so – but going back to politics here, there's absolutely no room for it. You should not have a patch. I'm 100% against it. But – 40 days is by far egregious, and that's a message so that every cop in the job knows, including the bosses, you better not do it. And everybody knows, well, losing 40 days. I mean, you only get 27 in one year, so that's almost two years' worth, and you work hard to get those vacation days. And what people don't know also is that when if you're in the rent for vacation days, you cannot accrue overtime in cash compensation until those days – are allotted and in your bank at work. So if you're negative, you will not receive cash overtime. You will be working on overtime for time. So this hurts in two different folds. Then she loses her tour. I mean, how many times you go to spank this person? Easily you could have removed that pen, that patch. She had spoken, I, I think it was Fox News, and she had said that an inspector actually liked it It took a picture of it. Where is that inspector to stand up and say, you know what, I defended her, but you will never see him. He's not going to stand up. He's going to be a coward. So you know what? This job, you get able training. That means doing the right thing. If you see someone doing something excessively, using force or working in a manner they're not supposed to, you're supposed to stand in there and do the right thing. Well, you know what, Inspector? You're supposed to stand in there right now and say that you saw it and it wasn't a big deal. You're supposed to stand in there and do the right thing right now. But I'm guarantee I guarantee we won't see you. Where's, uh, where's Inspector Wachter from the Health and Wellness? He just got promoted. How's how, I don't even know what he got promoted for. The health and wellness in the NYPD is fucking disturbing at this point. Everyone I talk to is fucking miserable. They want to leave. They left. They're in the dumps. The morale's in the dumps. And he's getting promoted just like everybody else. Like, what is anyone in the NYPD at this time, if they're not the rank and file boots on the ground, what is any executive in the NYPD getting promoted for? For what? Crimes up in all your commands, morale's down by all your troops. The community is at arms with all of us because they have a sense that we're not fucking doing anything. And instead, instead of telling them exactly what's going on and how our policy has been changed and how we have these decarceral district attorneys and these progressives in city council who have fucking disarmed us and, and took every tool off their belt, the ability for us to effectively go out there and manage a city. What do we do? We play the game. <gasps> Thanks to Eric Adams plan. What's fucking Eric Adams plan? He doesn't have a fucking plan. The guy doesn't have a plan. He's incompetent. He's completely incompetent. And so is the and so is the management in the NYPD. Yeah, I, I don't care. Nice guy, nice guy, nice guy. I listen, nice guys are great. Nice guys are great. You could come over to my house. We'll have coffee. We'll bullshit. We'll talk about things. I don't want to fucking work for you. And neither does anyone else, obviously. And why should they? They're going to get thrown to the wolves like Dana Martillo was thrown to the wolves, like Danny Panaleo was thrown to the woods. And these aren't just, oh, it's just a one-off incident. No, these are fucking lives. You know, where's Blue Lives Matter? Well, I haven't fucking, they don't weigh in on one political issue whatsoever. Oh, I hate to, I hate to go back and forth. All right, so then get the fuck out of the game then. 
Get the yeah, fucking team then. Call yourself something else. Call yourself something else. Like, I, I don't know what the fuck. What are we doing? We, we, we're demoralizing our police force. And the people that we claim to serve, we're letting them be fucking sent to the wolves. It's fucking terrible. It really is time to stop. I'm telling you, I'm so mad right now. I want to fucking, I want to fly back to New York, change my residence, put it on my Staten Island address and run. And, and, and if I do, God help you all. Because every time you walk into any hall that I'm in, I will fucking berate you. I will make, I will look at every crime statistic. I will look at every plan. I will make you word the words. I will make you say the names. I'd like to circle back and talk about what you said in regards to Chief Monaghan. Because honestly, I don't forgive him. I don't think apology is enough. I'm a firm believer that actions speak louder than words. I know that he he has said he's apologetic for taking a knee. However, his actions his actions post taking a knee have never shown that he has any sorrow because I myself had to face the complaints. He never apologized. The lieutenant apologized. He wrote an article. Some lieutenant. Right, supposedly on his behalf, yes. But he I think he's a coward. I don't I don't I don't I don't forgive him at all. Chief Monaghan is in a position right now where he can stand up and say what happened to these guys is wrong. They went out under my direction, and his direction was obviously at the direction of the mayor. I myself had to face civilian complaint review board, substantiated. Joel Rich, Joel Whitrell, others that are facing it right now, potential termination, suspensions, modifications at the direction of Chief Monaghan doing the job that they were paying, paid and trained to do. At the direction, ultimately at the direction of the mayor, to suppress a curfew that he implemented, but yet didn't follow through. And cops are still facing it. I'm still facing, uh, I have to go for a deposi deposition uh, in regards to it. So here I am in my retirement life, and this job is out there right now. This is what is going to happen to you when you go out there doing your job. You have to ask yourself, think, be smart. What should I do? You know what? Go be a potted plant. I used to never say that before. All my cops that watch this, they know that. I used to say, listen, don't be a police officer. Be a cop. There's a big difference. And I used to say, listen, who on this job watch, watch uh, TV shows? And they were all say, you know, about cops. And everybody would raise their hand. I would ask what shows you watch. And some would say cops. And some would say NYPD Blue. And I would say, great, when you watch that show, did any of you ever say, I want to become the RMP coordinator or the planning officer, or I want to work the telephone switchboard? No. You watch cops. You want to chase the bad guy. That's normal. That's normal. But right now, I'm telling you, don't do that. Be the potted plant. Because if you go out there and you're a cop, you will be a cop at sitting at Civilian Complaint Review Board getting substantiated at your 58. You'll be a cop who's going to have to pay lawsuits out of your own pocket. And when you pay out of your own pocket, that hurts. You're taking that money from yourself and from your family to give it to an adversary that sure as hell doesn't deserve it because the city will not indemnify you when you're substantiated by the Civilian Complaint Review Board. Why? Because you are now found guilty of acting appropriately, yet the NYPD will not find you guilty. You're found guilty by a third-party, independent party that has Zero idea about police perspective. But yet, the NYPD has not stepped in to protect anyone and stand for them. And here we see executives getting promoted. We should hold them accountable. We have a mass exodus right now. When I was in the Marine Corps, if you have a command and you have a mass exodus, you sure as hell are not getting promoted. You're, you're attributing to attrition. You're, 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 if, if a command is falling apart, you're part of that problem. People don't leave the job because they don't like doing police work. Majority, I would say 99% out of 100% love doing police work. I still do, John. I know you do. But when we leave the job, we left the people. We left the incompetence, the failureships, the weakness, the meek, timid executives that we worked for. We did not leave the profession. We left those people. And I know you agree with me. Yeah, absolutely. It's fucking... I don't even, I don't really have the words other than keep yourself safe tonight. You know, I'm praying for all you guys. Don't do anything stupid. Don't take any independent action. Fucking follow that dick Nickus around. Fucking stand over to the other side of the fucking, oh, the other side of the protesters. Um, 
Don't take any independent action. Follow the law, follow procedure, follow the guidelines, follow your training. And now just think, you also have to think now as well, what would Eric Adams do? I know what he would do as a cop. He'd be fucking not there. He would have fucking went line of duty and fucking he'd be home laying on the bed faking an injury because he'd be scared to be out there because he couldn't preach the bullshit that he preaches up on his pedestal while he was in that uniform on the street. That's what Eric Adams would do. And that's the question you should ask yourself every day. What would police officer Eric Adams do? What would Sergeant Eric Adams do? What would Lieutenant Eric Adams do? What did would, uh, would Captain Eric Adams do? We know what he's done. He sent out the blueprint. That's the real blueprint. Be be fucking full of shit. Don't go out there. Don't don't be a police officer. Don't understand the job. Don't understand public safety. Don't un, don't care for the community. That's what it is. So yeah, keep yourself safe. Throw all that shit out the window if you're being attacked or your life's in danger. Fuck CCRB. Fuck Eric Adams. Fuck Nickus. Fuck the rest of them. Who cares? Because now it's your life. I'm not saying to do anything stupid or get yourself in a bad situation, but don't proactively go out there and put yourself in a bad situation because they're going to say it's independent action. They're going to throw you to the wolves, either in CCRB or to the media, and you're going to be fucking done. Your career is going to be over. They're going to look to prosecute you. Nothing that the nothing and, and, and riots will be called peaceful protests and everything else. Don't risk your life. Don't risk your career. Don't risk your freedom. Be smart. Know, know the difference between who's who's just a dumb idiot out there protesting and who's fucking who's actually there to cause harm. You got to single that out. Take yourself out of the situation. Be apolitical. You know, I uh, I was in the six six as a sergeant. Uh, you know, I remember one protest. I just this, this lady. It was like an animal rights activist. She just would not fucking stop. And uh, I the only way I shut her up was there there were uh, Hasidics. At a certain time of the year, they cut chickens' heads off. You know, they cut all these chickens' heads off. It's a ceremony. I don't know what it's for. It's something about how they prepare the chicken. I don't know. It's not me. It's it's legal for them to do. Chickens are food. They're preparing their food. I can't tell them which way to prepare their food. We don't have laws. And these PETA animal activists are there. And she's yelling, I know that you're there to protect these people. I know you get paid to protect these people. And I was like, you're wrong. I was like, I'm paid to protect everybody. I'm here to protect your right to say that you don't like what they're doing. And I'm here to protect their right to do what they're doing. I was like, I am not even, I was like, for all I care, I wish both of you would go away. So I don't have to deal with any of this, you know, but the same held true with anything with the vaccine or anything with things that the anti-Trump protests, I was a Trump supporter. I never got involved in that. Put my fucking personal opinions in that. I'm there. I'm a cop. I'm doing my job. I'm fucking apolitical at that point. And, and what we're seeing is our executives aren't apolitical. The CCRB isn't apolitical. You know, they are aligning to a leftist narrative. And if you align with the leftist narrative, you could do whatever you want. You could go film a documentary without permission of the job. You could go do news events without permission of the job. But if you're on the right, you can't even wear a fucking patch because we're going to throw the book at you. And uh, just, just a couple other things, because I, I, I really do got to wrap it up. Uh, Eric, I'll give you I'll give you the last words, but please follow our rumble. We're definitely getting thrown off of YouTube. I mean, because like I said, this is New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast. I will not filter my voice. I Eric will not filter his voice. We are not going to filter this show to 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 adhere to some bullshit community standard that I didn't agree to community standards of telling what's inciting violence. Cause I, I shared a uh, pastor Jerome Davison's uh, uh, video that went viral across the nation where he's in support of two a. And he says uh, whatever the hell he said, but I don't even remember the exact video. The video is great. <laughs> um, it's on my, it's on my Twitter and my Instagram. Um, oh, I will not censor. I so you know what? If if when the day comes that YouTube pulls us down, that's the day that YouTube pulls us down. I don't really give a fuck. But please go to our go to our uh, go to our our Rumble channel. It's at the finest unfiltered. Uh, it's also our Telegram channel too. Join our Telegram channel because the day's gonna come. We're gonna get pulled down off of YouTube. I mean, the majority of our downloads are from the audio versions anyway. We haven't had any hiccups with that, thank God. Um, but yeah, we're going to keep rocking the boat. You know, I pray everybody's safe tonight, you know, do the right thing, be smart. Um, and, and just know 
take orders, but know where it's coming from and who it's coming from. Don't uh, don't blindly do anything. Make sure you're you're uh, you're safe legally, uh, your life, everything financially. You know, you, you have uh, families to take care of. You have your own life. You have the life to live. So I just want to add two things before we wrap it up. The first advice that I want to give to my cops out there is this. When you're out there working and if you respond to a protest, which is ultimately a riot. Make sure that your body camera is fully charged and working. Normally, I used to say, put others before you put yourself. But when it comes to the NYPD, you have to put yourself first because there's no one to stand by you and protect you. And the reason why I say that is because June 4, 2020, when we, we responded to the riot, we were working 12-hour tours. At that time, we had already worked about 10 hours. No one's, no one's body cameras were charged. They were all dead. So none of our body cameras captured any video, and we all – that was part of our narrative with the civilian complaints when we got substantiated. So I'm telling you this. Take the time out. Put yourself first. Respond to the precinct and let the protesters and the rioters wait. And you tell those supervisors, I'm not going to that riot without my body camera working because they're going to tell you, just go. Get out there. Go. They're going to send you out there. But when you're not out with, with the most important equipment – and if you don't think that's the most important equipment right now, you're a fool. Let me tell you that. The new car that's being implemented by the NYPD is another body camera. That's a 360 extension, a complete body camera. So go out there with your body camera. Absolutely. And number two, please, I don't care if you're going to get arrested or suspended or modified. This time you have to put yourself first. Do not let anyone stand nose to nose with you, please. I do not want to see a picture in the paper nose to nose. Do not let anyone get in your space. I don't care if they're a protester. They can protest from a safe distance. Do not let anyone nose to nose. You take that person down. Verbally, of course, you try to take them down verbally, de-escalate them. But you have to do what you have to do to go home safe. I do not want to see that picture of you. You need to be safe. They could stab you. They could hurt you. Other than that, please support us. Just as John said, we are out here to support you. We're an outside force, an outside voice, voice to help you within. We have the opportunity to speak, and we're speaking from experience. We're here to help you. The other organizations out there right now, okay, if they're operating as a matter of Switzerland, and when I say that Switzerland means you're being neutral, they can't help you. The only way to help you is by taking a stand, and that's what we're doing. We're here to take the side that is right. We're here to tell the truth. That's our side. Our side is not left. Our side is not right. Our side is not always the cops, and it's not always the public. It's the truth. If you're acting appropriately, we will back you to there's no tomorrow. If you're wrong and you make a mistake, we're going to call it out also. But we will go forward and how to learn from, from it. Failures ultimately become success. Thank you for watching us. Thank you for listening to us. John, thank you for taking this journey with me. Thank you for having me join your team. We're going to take this world by storm. And we're going to be the catalyst for change to help the police department so they can be effective and help these cops and give the public a better understanding what it is to be a cop in the modern era? And no, uh, and, ju and just to just to end with Eric's saying, any of you guys out there that have your stories that you want to share, always feel free to contact us. We love the, you know, we love having the retired guys on to memorialize their life and career. I know we, we got a lot of different guests. We have hundreds of guests lined up, um, but you know, our our main focus is is retired members of law enforcement, not just the NYPD. So you know, feel free reach out anytime. You know, we'd love to have you. Guys, thanks for listening.